Today, the Founder and Force Multiplier family is excited to officially launch our podcast. We will bring to life the real stories of the struggles, triumphs, and strategies that happen on the way to growing and scaling a business. To kick us off, it was only fitting to bring the original Founder and Force Multiplier duo themselves, Adam Hergenrother and Hallie Warner. The two of them discovered the power of strategic partnerships over 11 years ago, when Adam first hired Hallie as his listing assistant. Now, several companies and a few title changes later, they have learned a lot about what works and what does not work in a strategic partnership. The co-authors of The Founder and Force Multiplier share how their partnership got started, why it still works today, and how others can achieve more together. Adam, Hallie, thank you so much for being part of the first episode of the Founder and the Force Multiplier podcast. We're super excited to kick off this journey. You are the foundation and the core of why we are here today. Uh, please take a moment to share with our audience a little bit about yourselves. So you want me to, I'll go first. I'll Adam, go first. Go first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, I think uh, Hallie and I are pretty ordinary individuals that came together and, uh, you know, we both have our, our different lives, but the reality is, is we both came together about 12 years ago to, to, um, we couldn't, we wouldn't say it probably at the same way, but um, to really take a vision of building an organization, not just to get large and to be successful monetarily, but to build a to build an organization where, you know, entrepreneurs thrive, where we have an organization where um, values are different. Uh, we are a different organization. We hire people and bring them in here. The first thing people say is like, wow, I've never been part of an organization like this. And I think Hallie and I look at each other, we're like, well, well what do you mean? It's just natural for both of us because that's who we are. And it's that right. kind of like the autonomy of just treating people like people, let them kind of be responsible for their own results. Um, and I think that's really the wave of the future for an organization. So it was actually a, we both wanted to be in a partnership. I'm inherently lazy when it comes to things that other people can do. And Hallie is laser focused on those things. And so that, that match really worked and we wanted to be in a that's partnership. Awesome. And I think we had the same vision for who we wanted to. Uh, we both live in Vermont. I will probably stay here. Hallie probably won't. Um, so I'll show about that with, with her. I think she's done with the cold though, as I love cold immersion and lakes and rivers and to ski. I have three kids uh, and I enjoy what I do every day, uh, not just because I get to work with Hallie, but uh, also because I think it's a great opportunity to use business as a conduit for your own spiritual, personal growth, which is really the the entire essence of what we've done. And, and as we've continued to do this, you know, the Founder and Force Multiplier movement grew from uh, just our partnership of how we interacted because people were like, how do you guys do that? Or what do you do? And then it was started with one blog. Uh, and then people were, wow, okay, tell us more. And it was pretty right. neat to kind of watch it really come to, to life. I'll tell you a funny story. I hired Hallie as, um, what did I hire you for originally? It was a listing. I applied for a listing coordinator position. On listing coordinator position. And I moved my listing coordinator position up into an EA. And Hallie came in and executive I think it was yeah. executive assistant. Yes. And when it, when, when Hallie came in, I think in the first two or three weeks, I don't know if you came to me or somebody came there, it was this wrong. And I, I basically sat them both down and I just said, I think you guys are in the wrong position. And I don't think I'd actually had that conversation with either of you individually. 
I just kind of brought you into my office and I said, I think you guys are in the wrong position, which is kind of funny. If you think about the time, I just promoted somebody. I was about to go put them back right. in their old position and re-promote Hallie to this in the first couple of weeks of making this hire. But it's just so clear that Hallie would own this role from that early on that I that I sat down and said, I don't know how this is going to work or what it's going to look like, or even if you want your job still, but I think you guys are in the wrong positions. They kind of looked at each other and they go, huh, I think we are too. And oh, wow. In history from there. Honestly, I, I still remember exactly where we were sitting when we had that conversation, what chair I was in. All, yes, me too. Yes. You had, and I was on this side and she was on that side. Like, I remember it so clearly. And I won. I mean, who knows what have happened to, would have happened if you didn't have the uh, courage, quite honestly, to have that conversation because you could have lost two employees in yes. one day. I wasn't sure it was going to happen either. I yeah. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you did say that because I, I mean, I probably would have eventually come to you because that yeah. that's my personality, yeah. but it happened much quicker than um, I maybe would have, would have expected, but I was paying attention to everything that was happening and I wanted to get my hands into way more than what I was doing. And she was very, very happy to go back to what she was doing previously. So it worked out for everybody. Um, but as Adam mentioned a little bit, that's where I started working. And at that point, um, you were a successful realtor in Vermont. You had a real estate team and you had just opened the first Keller Williams brokerage in Vermont. And that's when I kind of came onto the scene was you had two businesses already two successful businesses already at that point. Um, but, and I, I just also want to add that you are like an entrepreneur at heart and at your core and you like, that's who you are. You create, you innovate, you're a visionary. Um, and so that's what I was initially attracted to. I was I like, also oh like to break rules and not. Follow <laughs> yes. And yes. 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 <laughs> I am like the, the biggest rule follower there is. So that really worked that. well um, for us. But that, that's kind of when I came onto the scene and I started working on the team. And then as Adam mentioned, very quickly, um, I moved into the EA role. And then it was about every year after that, we started either a new, a new company or a new project wow. um, after 2010. So we moved into expansion, which is basically taking a real estate team and um, blowing it up nationwide. 11 years later, um, it's now Livian. So it's a new company. It's even mat- bigger than it was before, but that was a 10 year journey. Um, starting in 2011 and 2012, you formed a construction and development firm with your brother. And then we dabbled in, there were lots of different iterations of different companies in like a five year period where we, um, as an entrepreneur, that's what you do, right? You, we started doing coaching and training and, and um, a coaching company in this, and this, in a training organization, and then moved into some, some more investor raises kind of through the development firm. You ended up buying two new, two other market centers a couple of years ago, the foundation, we started working on some more projects with the foundation. We founded project you. Um, then in 2019, we wrote a book, 2020, 2021 is when we kind of formalized um, the founder of the force multiplier and began to do more coaching and training. This year, of course, we now partnered with Manal for um, as a CEO, founder and force multiplier. So that company is um, growing exponentially. But for those of you, again, who don't really know who Adam and I are, like that's what we do. Um, Adam has the vision. I help him execute and we just create. I feel like that's the best way to describe it is we're just creating opportunities, we're creating companies, creating content to continue. It's funny because yeah. every every time that um, we've created something, we've kind of got it off the ground. 
even like 10 feet off the ground, I wanted to fire myself as an employee of that company. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, I'm serious. Like I just naturally, like the minute it's gone, it's like I lose interest in doing it. Like I built like 13 personal houses because I love creating. And then once I get in them, I'm like, I really want to create another one. So I just sell them. My wife's on board with a lot of that stuff. She was, we're kind of settling down on that whole philosophy, yeah. but uh, we actually made good money on doing that as well too. But like I, it was, wasn't a, it, sure money is great. And of anything that you're doing, you should have a, a profitable return for things, but it was more about the creation process and the physical side of creating real estate was a way for me to kind of like, it's almost like a side hustle that I really enjoyed doing because you get to create it in the, in an architectural space. Then you see it come to life and you can do the same thing in businesses through people. That's why I've really never wanted a job in my life. It's always been about how do I just create and then turn over and then hire. And now it's gone to a point where now it's how do you hire to create? And so you're seeing it in your head come into fruition uh, and letting people kind of take it from there. You know, oh, it's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say it's interesting that you say that because um, I that was just always my natural inclination to do that as well, like this, like side hustles or just to be creating, even when you and I were working together in the earlier days, like 2015 or something like that, I created my own blog because I wanted to be able to share more about my role. I was discovering that being an EA was like this incredible career opportunity. And so I started writing some, some blogs. And then that of course turned into writing more blogs for Adam Hergenrother companies, which then turned into founder and force multiplier, but same thing. It's just like, you want to create and you want to contribute. And, um, I'm, very thankful that I get to do it as in an, as an on, entrepreneur working with a visionary entrepreneur, um, and I think that's what the the beauty is between a founder and a leader and or in their force multipliers that that partnership where you can both come together and really do what you're you're meant to do. I love I love all that I love all that especially because I feel in today's world it's so. Uh, it relates to so many people. I mean, the whole big resignation, the pandemic has taught us life is short. Um, and it's it's almost beautiful, I would say, Adam, how you sort of tapped into your inner creativity and understood what moved you at an earlier stage, I would say, in your career, in your life than most people. I mean, I will, I'll take myself as an example, right? I did the whole thing, like a bachelor's, master's, worked in corporate, and there was always this inkling, like there was always something missing, right? And I could never figure it out. I was like, what's missing? Why is, and I, I don't want to be like, dramatic about it, but why is my soul empty? Right? Like all that. And that's what it was. It was that I also wanted to create and I also wanted to challenge and move and grow and scale. And I wasn't giving myself that opportunity because I was working 80 hours a week, 90 hours a week um, in the IB. Right. And so it's, it's very beautiful that you both have built this relationship tapped into to sort of that inner uh, passion and what makes you drive. And that continuously evolves and you see it in your podcasts, in the businesses you run, in how you run them. Um, and I'll tell you this, that's one of the main reasons that I also joined um, the team here. So I know we appreciate it, everyone around you guys and um, the audience I'm sure is gonna appreciate it as well, just hearing your story, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, well, ever look, everyone has a personality, right? And I'm not going to make this whole big spiritual conversation, but everyone has a personality. And so being authentic doesn't mean like telling somebody whether you like them or you don't like their hair or like, you know, people are like, I told them what I thought I was. I was just being really authentic. No, you're just being a jerk, right? That's not being authentic. Being authentic means <laughs> the 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 
inherent patterns of who you are are naturally mirrored outside. So you have this inner world and you have this outer world. It's like you wouldn't go to a a hawk and tell it to start eating grass. If it did, it would feel probably inauthentic, right? A hawk chases and hunts and eats meat. Whether you like it or not, that's just what it does. A cow eats grass and grazes and sleeps. Like it's not running up trees. So it's everyone, every human, just like every animal has a different kind of nature to it. If you want to call it a personality or whatever it is. And when people go against that side of it, that's when they start feeling like this, there's something missing, and at least in terms of their their personality or what they're actually doing in the world. There's a deeper conversation there, but that's where it kind of starts. And I think you're seeing people recognize like, hey, maybe I actually would rather go do this. And it's not because they can go make more money or it's not, I mean, sure, that those can be byproducts of things. But it's much more about, it fits more in alignment with who they are, right? And that who they are is because they have a, a natural nature. Right, no, completely agree with that. Um, so let's pivot a little. I feel like one of the main reasons I also joined this team was because I saw something in you guys that whenever you have an idea, whenever you think there's something good, you sort of take it by the horns and you do it, right? I, the story I hear about writing the initial book for Founder and Force Multiplier was very similar, right? Um, share share sort, sort of how that came to be, why you wrote the book, and how you wrote the book, because that is extremely admirable in, in my eyes, and I'm sure everyone else's eyes. Well, I remember you wrote a, we wrote, you wrote a blog. We sat down and we started, we were testing. I think yeah, you were just you testing. You wrote a blog, yeah. Yes, we were testing for what the blog looked like. And like, we were, we would sit down and I remember in those earlier sessions, we would write out notes of what it was going to be. And you'd ask questions and I'd ask you questions and you would, you would wordsmith it and make it look perfectly. And we sent it out there. And the first one, I think at the time, I think in the, maybe like the first 24 or 48 hours, we had like 3000 people read it or something like that. It was a relatively very short period of time. And we got a lot of responses and you're like, you know, this is kind of interesting. Right. And so we let it go for like 90 days. And all of a sudden, like 90 days later, we wrote a different one on the same type of topic and the same spike of traffic kind of happened as well too. Um, and I'll let you kind of finish the story from there, but that's the origination point of we were really in that testing phase of like, you know, what does the market look like? Where do, where do we think we have a, you know, we knew we wanted to do something and can continue to contribute. And it's just that, just like every, and by the way, we did a bunch of things that didn't work that, we're not talking about, right? Like if you actually go back and you can Google like our YouTube, like mind spark videos with Adam Hergenrother, we used to do these mind spark <laughs> things and, and it, it is all I these different. Those are hilarious to watch. Are hilarious. Really? Oh, I got to check this out. <laughs> you got to check it out. We actually had a blooper reel. We would do a blooper reel at the end of all of our cuts from it too. We just had it in the background. They're actually were pretty good, but it was, we tried so many different things. And this was one of those kind of iterations that we tried that and we're, we, we enjoyed all of them. And then all of a sudden they're clearly, people were resonating. This was resonating with individuals. And so we, we kind of stuck on that thread. What I always thought was so interesting with those mind, those mind spark videos, because they're really, it's almost like the first iteration of like the podcast, right? Like we're trying to, there was that for me, for you, there was this creative pull to inspire and to get people to think differently and to, to um, have people just, you know, think about their life and what they're doing differently and, and setting big goals and thinking differently and thinking big. Um, and so these videos are kind of produced. And then when you do the, when you went to the, the blooper reel and you watch those, you're, you're like, oh, that's who Adam actually is. Yes. The, that was the authentic Adam was the blooper reel. 
the oh, rest. Oh, I love it. I'm going to have to see this now. Oh, you totally have to go look at them. So I just think that that's funny because now that's just who you are and that's how you show up all the time. Um, But it's funny that- You think I show up as a blooper the entire time? That's kind of- Basically, yeah. (laughs) Got it. Um, And then, you know, as Adam usually does, he comes up with an idea and says, I think I really would like to write a book. And I said, okay, awesome. Well, like, what are we going to write a book about? And so that's when we started, we went back through and started really analyzing some of the content that had been doing really well. And we're like, you know what, this is the topic that, that is really resonating with a lot of people. Why don't we just, why don't we make this into a book? So we were booking the audible sessions and they're like, I was like, just book me for a day. I'll do the whole thing. Right. Whatever it was. And she's like, well, you know, most people can only do like two hours at a time. Like she obviously clearly doesn't know who I am. So let's just make sure that she just goes and she's like, okay, well, let's just do four hours for the first session. I remember going in there in the first like 15 minutes, we went through like one line and it was because I kept the one. I didn't, I don't like to follow like words on paper. And so I would mispronounce words that like nobody else would notice because I talk fast, but in an audible you do, um, or like I would say something too fast or I would just miss words altogether. And so it, it, we ended up doing like <laughs> 20 pages in two hours. And so then we ended up rescheduling like five more sessions because I could only do like an hour to 90 minutes oh, at a time because it was there. And I, man, it, it was way harder than I ever thought doing an audible book, actually recording your own writing in that way. The best part about it was when I got to ad lib on the audible itself, which is the best part. And we're how we're obviously currently writing another book. And that's, I'm going to, I know I'm going to do a lot of that. Oh, in this oh book. great. You're going to just yes. make up your own thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, that's awesome. So in this whole sort of discussion, it's what's interesting is Adam, you sort of peeped into maximizing yourself and, you know, your sort of uber creative mind and building multiple companies um, with a strategic partner, a chief of staff, AKA a force multiplier, which could mean different things. I just want to preface for different companies, depending on where you are, what stage you're in. So for example, for founder and force multiplier, I feel my uh, force multiplier at the moment is Devin Palm, who is my director of marketing, because we are digitizing, putting ourselves out there. And that sort of seems to be the, the best right-hand partner for a smaller startup at the moment, right? Um, that notion of chief of staff didn't really exist before. It did in governments. It did in militaries. Um, it is now taking on, like like Hallie said, a movement. Um, there's a lot of buzz around it. There, there are, uh, you know, groups and companies are hiring for chief of staffs. But even myself, when I was a chief of staff, my title was not chief of staff. It was business manager, VP business manager, um, chief strategy officer. There were multiple terms. What sort of made you feel like this is the right type of partner that's needed? Um, and then, Hallie, from your perspective, you know, what is a force multiplier in your words for those who are looking to enter sort of this realm? I remember when it actually, when it really changed, uh, you know, you're not giving Hallie enough, well, I was going to say we're not giving enough credit, but like she, the, I remember when actually, Hallie, you made the decision that this was going to be your career. 
That's when it changed for you because you went to like, am I chief operating officer? Am I a president? Director of operations. Director of operations. Like, what do I really want to do? And you did all this research and it was like a year long process. This is probably two years before you kind of started writing books or somewhere around there, right? It was in 2015. Yeah. 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 So around there, right? And, uh, and I remember like when you came back and you're like, I've done all this, I went to conferences, came back and you're like, this is it, EA chief of staff. I'm good. Like, and you didn't say it this way, but you're like, I'm going to bring a whole new meaning to what this role is and making right. sure people respect this from a level of the relationship that we kind of, we have, or that this is a leadership position and people need to recognize it. And so <laughs> then Hallie went on a mission to well, make sure that. Can I just <laughs> clarify a little bit of that? No, you can't. Um, I'm going to <laughs> love that story, and that's the way I see it. And it's yeah. coming all more on the next. Question. I love it because I didn't know that story, so I'm, I learned something well, new. Today. It actually started a. You, you're right. In you're generally right. It started actually that three months into my role as EA, you took me to my very first conference, Keller Williams conference, and I saw these executive assistants up on stage, and I was like, "This is a career." I had no idea that this thing I'm doing is this massive opportunity to be in partnership and look at them. They're up on stage. This role is super important and it's a career. That's when I went back and was like, okay, watch out. I'm going to be the best executive assistant there is. And then we started doing other content and blogs and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And then a couple of years in, I was like, I was not in alignment. And I think you knew it. I knew it. I was like, this is I was so stressed out all the time um, and I needed to start thinking about leverage and what was my next opportunity because the companies were just growing so quickly. I couldn't do it all on my own anymore. So I was like, if we bring in another person, who is that person going to be? Do they need to be a personal assistant? Do they need to take on my role as EA? What, where does that leave me? That's when I did all that research. And I was like, oh, not only am I already kind of being, I already am this chief of staff. That is absolutely where I want to take my career next. And it was the role that's like meant for me because I'm really not that much of a details person. Um, Let me correct that. I am highly detail oriented, but I don't want to be the one doing the details, but I will tell you every detail that you have wrong (laughs) and how to fix it, but I don't want to be the one fixing it. Um, So, so yeah, but you're, you're right. I mean, it was really important for me to have this visibility into the, what I consider a force multiplier role, which is an executive assistant or chief of staff, sometimes a personal assistant. Um, And to, yes, to show the importance of the role, why it's so important for founders and entrepreneurs and leaders to have that strategic partner by their side. um, And that they're, they're very important career opportunities. They are not stepping stones to anything else. They are highly valuable, highly important um, pieces of the organizational puzzle. That's great. Thank you so much. So for our listeners, you know, it it sort of worked out that Hallie was uh, working, you know, for the organization. You as a leader saw, you know, the skill sets and where everybody was best fit. Um, for those out there that are starting out as founders, um, having a new startup, maybe expanding businesses. Adam, what is your advice on how to find the match, the right match to be their force multiplier? Yeah, I think number one is, I mean, I'm not telling people to go read the book, to go read the book, but honestly, like I, when people call me <laughs> and it happens all the time, they literally, they're like, 
I need, I, I, I'm missing this person. They describe it to me. I'm like, yeah, you're missing an EA or a chief of staff. I mean, it's literally like what they're always missing because they always go out and they get marketing, they get sales, right. right? They have these things. They have some operations people. They're like, I just have all this other stuff. Like I have all these ideas, I need to get these things done. And, and inevitably it either comes down to an executive assistant or a chief of staff, or if they have an EA, they're missing a chief of staff, right? Or uh, one of those right. things. So I said, you know, it's framed out in the book and the, the different things that are out there. But I think it, then it's then it's really getting clear on understanding that, that is a leadership position. I think still people, not everyone knows this, even though we get on, I mean, every day we're, Hallie and I are being asked to go speak at some conference or event. I mean, we, we routinely turn most of those down, but we get requests all the time to go out there and share this because I think people want everyone else to understand that, hey, there's this whole leadership position out here. You guys should hear about it. Like, and this is, and then when people go out and make these hires, they go, oh man, like this was awesome. Like, I don't know how else I was ever living my life without these people kind of thing, right? They're, they're that impactful. Right. So once you actually determine that, right, and actually you're listening to it and you've, you've got some good concepts around it, you go, okay, I've identified that I need either an EA or a chief of staff, right? Um, once you've identified that, then it's being very clear on what that person, what what you want them to do. And, and Hallie and I both agree on this and we're very clear in our literature on the content going out there is there, in, there isn't really any boundaries. It's like, if you want somebody to work 70 hours a week, that's fine. Just make sure it's very clear going into the, that that's a responsibility. If you want somebody to be available on the weekends because you're working or whatnot, that's fine. Just make sure it's very clear. What right. cannot happen though, is you go in there and be like, oh yeah, you have your weekends off knowing that you want the person to work your weekends, which is where we see the dis- the issues really come into play as they go, why well, I told them they could only work 40 hours a week and they could be done here, but it's not really working out for me. I don't know what's wrong with this person. I go, well, you set the complete wrong expectation for this. So I know that when like when we hired our EA, um, the EAs that we've hired over the years, we've the one thing that we always say to them is like, look, if I'm on, you're on, which means that if I'm traveling and it's one o'clock in the morning, like you need to be on. Like, and I, it doesn't happen that often anymore because I don't travel that much anymore, but if there's something that's going on and it's a weekend or, or whatever it is, like you're going to mostly have that off and not, you're not going to hear from me because I actually like to have that weekend off and I like to read or do things that aren't really, I don't want to bother my team so they can have recovery as well too. I'm actually very purposeful, way more purposeful in my life now. I don't know if you noticed this, Hallie, really purposeful, not actually trying to bother people on the weekends. Oh, I have, I have noticed. I got all the bad habits, like the first six years. I know because what, what what I found though was like this is interesting from from my own perspective was if I if I was just trying to get something off my plate and sending an email everyone else felt responsible to see because I know people see the email right and then people felt responsible to go back and send it to me and then I was in the dialogue with them and they loop somebody else in and I'm like man we're kind of did this need to happen on a Saturday or could it accomplish her 15 minutes on Monday morning. So I really started to become really much more um, purposeful in my life of, I'm not going to call it work-life balance. I think it's just work-life integration, but I also want people to just respect their, and not even the, I don't even want to use the word even boundaries, just like, if it doesn't need to, ha- if people don't need to be disrupted, just don't disrupt them. I, that also goes to the middle of the day too, as well. I think there's people being disrupted for things that just don't need to happen. Yeah. And um, some people may not like that. So again, we're very clear on this. And so when you're asked like, what do they look for? Make sure you are very crystal clear when you're hiring this individual that as your force multiplier on what your expectations are. Right. And I think that's important just generally in life. I think communication, clarity, 
and expectations, right? I and in today's society, anxiety and depression is probably the number one cause most people, you know, go to the doctor for. And there are really old proverbs uh, that talk about expectations versus reality. And the larger the gap is between your expectation and reality, that is when a human mind goes into anxiety mode or in depression mode. And closing that gap is very important. And I think in, in work, in the workplace and with roles and responsibilities, that's very important. And Hallie, I'm assuming for a force multiplier, that's also the same concept, right? When they are going out there and finding their match that they know that they want to be their career as a chief of staff and they're finding their founder or entrepreneur that they want to be tied to, I believe, I mean, in your words, I think it's probably the same thing, right? Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I wanted to add that oftentimes, I think sometimes force multipliers, even employees in general, just tend to accept what they're given or accept this is the role or accept the compensation or accept the hours. But I really believe in employees taking control of their careers and of their life in general, but of their careers and saying, yes, this works for me. No, this doesn't. Yes, that works for me, but I need additional compensation. Or the fact that if a founder or leader doesn't bring up the expectations conversation, but you know, you need to know that in order to do your best work, it's your responsibility to speak up and and have that conversation. We can't just sit around waiting for our leaders to give us opportunities or to set expectations, particularly if you're a force multiplier. I think a lot, almost all of it falls on you because they're too busy to think about these things. You need to be completely in control of where you want your career and your in your life to go. And if it works with that leader, great. And if it doesn't, there are thousands of other leaders who are looking for talented force multipliers to to partner with. But a lot of it does come down as well to getting clear on the role, what you want, what you need in that role for the leader, but also for the force multiplier to know who they need as a leader that they're going to work best with. We've talked about this before, Adam, that if you weren't as growth-minded and as visionary as you are, it would be very hard for me to have stayed working with you for 12 years because I don't want to say I would necessarily outgrown you, but would have had like three side hustles plus my job, but I'd rather give everything I have to one person and one project, one job, than to spread across several others. But then the only other thing I would add when you're looking for that partner is making sure you really do have that self-awareness and very clearly understand yourself. Because if you are not, uh, it just becomes so much more difficult to know what opportunities to say yes and no to if you aren't, or what person to say yes or no to, if you don't really understand who you are, what your strengths are so that you can best bring someone on board or best partner with a leader that complements those strengths. It doesn't have to be completely opposite. In fact, you don't want them to be completely opposite, but that complement those strengths so that you can partner together in a way that um, 10X is your success and doesn't just uh, 2X it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Thank you. From your perspective, just in closing, um, something, Adam, we'll start with you. Tell us something that you strongly believe in that most people do not agree with you on. Why'd you start with me? That's a great question. (laughs) I believe that life is your teacher and that people take themselves way too seriously, given the fact that you're going to die in a very short period of time. Um, And I don't know if everyone agrees with me on that or they do agree with me on that, but that's something that I firmly believe in. 
which allows you to actually enjoy the experience that you're having. And I always look at it as like the framework for my life. Number one is I'm either enjoying the experience that I'm having. And if I'm not enjoying the experience that I'm having, then the other thing that I'm doing is I'm working on the part of me that I'm, I'm letting go of the part of me that's preventing me from enjoying the experience that I'm having. So there's two things that can always happen in your life. Either you're enjoying the experience or you're letting go of the part of you that's preventing you from enjoying the experience. Either one allows you to actually start enjoying life way more. And as you enjoy life more, everything becomes more clear. Thank you for sharing. No, I love that. I A little banalism here for everybody, <laughs> but I do feel one of the biggest mistakes or that most individuals make is that we feel that time is on our side. Mm-hmm. And I think the pandemic and many other probably situations in life have taught us that that's not the case. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it, well, life just go, I mean, think about it and all of our lives right here. We're all similar in ages, right? Like you just wake up and it's, you're here. You're going to wake up and you're going to be taking your last breath. I mean, it's, it's like, so anything we're really doing, it matters, but not really like, so right. then at the end of the day, then why you're here, which is to really enjoy the experience while you're here, right? You are in this, this physical temple, this mechanism of a body that we're using to experience the physical world. You're a spiritual being having a physical experience. Enjoy the experience. I mean, look, if they found a mouse on Mars, it would be all over the paper. Yeah, you have one in your house and you're freaking out about it. It's like there's all these different humans that are out there. They're all weird, right? They're all, I'm weird. Hallie's definitely weird. So like, I mean, there's just uh, there's people around, right? And like, there's these animals and there's trees and all stuff. And then it's like, why don't we like what I'm doing? It's like the weirdest that we just cause ourselves so much suffering. Um, we do. That's not, that's not necessary. Well mm-hmm. said. Thanks, Adam. Hallie, how about you? The only thing that really comes to mind, and maybe we're even saying the same thing just in different ways, is that maybe not, but an unpopular maybe belief that I have is people can have whatever they want. And I know that that is not popular and they can have it all. I guess that's really, and especially for women, that's a hard statement to hear. I mean, that's what we're we're told all the time. You can, you know, you can have it all. And then everyone says, no, you can't have it all because you have to make sacrifices. What I mean by it is, you can have it all if you are very clear on what all means to you and to your life. And that all may only be one or two things, but if those are the things that are truly important to you, whether you know it's family or if it's work or if it's your health or whatever the three or the few things are that make up your all, you can actually have it all, but you just have to be so, so clear on what that is. And that is the very, very hard part because we have all of this noise coming at us, telling us what we are supposed to want, what we are supposed to do. And so figuring out what all means to us is very challenging. But once we can figure that out, we actually can have it all. Very well said. Thank you. (laughs) Adam and Hallie, thank you so much for all your thought leadership, Uh, you know, being honest and true to who you are and what you stand for uh, and sharing that with everybody today. It really means a lot. Um, If there was one thing that anyone was to take away from today's episode, what would it be? Either both of you or either or. You're up first, Sally. I went first (laughs) last time. I know. And I appreciate that. If I'm talking to the force multipliers that are listening to this, I I always just like to reiterate or iterate rather that 
So you have so much more control over your career than, than you might think. And so having any sort of limiting beliefs, just put them by the wayside. And if there is something that you want in your career to make, be purposeful about it, get clear on it, make a plan and, and, and take control. And that's the, I don't know how else to say it, but just take control of where you want your career to go. And that will lead you towards the right opportunities. It's going to lead you towards the right leader and founder to partner with, and it's going to lead you to the most fulfillment in your career, which therefore is going to lead to the most fulfillment in your life. Yeah. The only thing I would say from, from the other side, since you took that angle is that, you know, as a founder or a leader, go out there and find your strategic partner. And, but change your thinking around that is not just another hire that you're actually finding a partner that is with you that want that you looking for this. It's, look, it's not like everyone's going to be together for life. We understand that, but you get into a relationship that you're going to have people and they're going to, you're going to build this partnership with trust and confidence and doing the same thing, just different parts of it. And it's really going to make your life much more explosive in a good way. So start changing the way you think of that in terms of like an, a, an expense or do I want to add that and go out there and find that strategic partner for you? Thank you so much for tuning in to our first ever podcast episode. We really appreciate all your support and can't wait to hear about your own success stories. Make sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with the latest podcast episodes. And follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at the links in the show notes for more free resources and other news. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you back here next week.